0: All right, all right, all right. Welcome to this 23rd episode of Warrior Week, Parables from the Pit. My guest, my guest today is Matt Skinner, graduate of Warrior Week 37. What's up, man? Hey, how's it going, Sam? Thanks for being here. All right, fellas, sit down. We got a spicy one for you. We got a spicy one. When Matt is here, we got some spicy shit going on. Sit down, relax, and enjoy this episode. Alright, Matt, so Worry Week thirty seven, man. You uh you rolled in. I, re- I remember our conversation. Uh, I think first time I met you with that I was at Garrett's house. It was at the party. Um you know, we met, but I wasn't sure that you're gonna end up at Worry Week or not. So we had some good conversation. Talk to me about uh what kind of led you to that. I think you met Garrett for the first time at a concert. Troy brought you to the concert. You were Troy's friend. I don't know what the fuck happened, but weren't you were not you just bring us up to up to date with how everything started for you in this conversation of warrior man
1: sure man i um yeah i did meet i met garrett at a, at a concert went with troy um to a concert in, in l.a at staples center i remember i, I pulled up uh, right behind garrett he was getting his stuff out of the out of the trunk we were staying at the ritz carlton down in, uh, in l.a and i just happened to pull up right behind him and i said uh, i recognized him from some of the marketing stuff had yeah. done and met him there anyway went to a concert and then I uh, was invited to a birthday party at his house uh, f- a couple months later, a couple weeks later. And I met you and Steve and a couple other guys, Jeremy. And um, so it was kind of interesting for me because I had more of a uh, more of a personal relationship in that kind of regard sure. to start out with. And then I uh, got invited to go to WarriorCon. I was like, just blown away. This shit is like, it's, it's fucking real. This is the stuff that, uh, as a man, I've always... Uh, have known in my heart mm-hmm. and have uh, have practiced, but for once, for the first time in my life, it was verbalized and it was organized, and there was a system to ha- making commitments, to having integrity, to being a man, and stepping up and being a fucking leader. And so that was just so refreshing. It was like taking a uh, a drink out of you know a, a fresh spring. Uh, there was other men that were on this on this path.
0: I think. I think. Um you know, the most empowering aspect of it is is like for the first fucking time is actually recognized. Like it's recognized, bro. Like what you already know inside right. of you is actually recognized and like, yeah, this is the shit. Because, yep. you know,
1: somebody needs to fucking talk about this shit because like this is how I feel. When you see the truth, you know it, you know it immediately because the truth already lives inside you. But when you see it vocalized by Coach Sam or you see it by whatever that looks like. It's a totally different thing. But I think that was my, my point of this is, like, I met you and your wife. at yeah. a party. We were drinking tequila or whatever that was. And then the next time I saw you, you were fucking yelling at people with a, with a megaphone. And fucking Coach San- Totally different, <laughs> like, totally different game completely. Oh, fuck. What did I get myself into? <laughs> and honestly, when I signed up for Warrior Week, I thought it was just going to be, like, uh, seal fit. I thought it was going to be, you know, a Kokoro type of thing. We're going to carry logs. We're going to do some physical stuff. And that's part of it. But it's so much deeper than just the physicality of, uh, of it's it's just it's not an exercise program. It's not a it's not a Spartan race or an obstacle course or something like that. It's not an endurance test from the, from a purely physical standpoint. I mean, it's a it's a mental endurance test. It's an emotional deep dive into the pit and back. And it's so much more than just a physical program. That's what makes it. Fu- I mean, that's what makes it what it is.
0: Yeah, dude. I remember you. Um in, in the build up to Warrior Week we have this uh, 30 day build up uh, it's a 30 day experience it's a fucking emotional roller coaster and I uh, dude like you were struggling with some of that shit cause not because you didn't want to not because you, you didn't want to do this it wasn't but it was like like I don't know like dude like I just don't know how to unbox some of this shit. You know what I mean? For so many years, I've learned to box this. I'm I'm a boxer, man. I I build boxes, dude. I remember when I was delivering pizza when I was uh, 16. Mm-hmm. Um, just just as a, at, talking about being a fucking boxer, just at at 16, I was delivering pizza and we were paid two dollars a delivery at Pizza Hut. Uh, I think still the same fucking thing. I think maybe three dollars now. I don't know, but it was two dollars cash at the end of the night. So you had twelve deliveries. That was twenty four bucks plus probably about two bucks on average. So then you made like forty eight bucks, fifty bucks for four hours. That's pretty fucking decent cash. Mm-hmm. And then you will leave with it, drink or whatever the fuck you do at sixteen. Um, but during the time that we didn't have deliveries, we had to fucking make boxes. We weren't paid by hour, but like it was the agreement that if if you know if you if you're not if you're not delivering pizza. You fucking make boxes. So I remember that 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 routine of constantly making fucking boxes, folding and making, folding and making, and that's what that's what that's what we've become most of our lives. At least specifically myself and you and so many other guys that came into Warrior Week is that we learned this process of boxing a lot of our fucking feelings, and ultimately the only feeling that we didn't box was probably anger. Like, anger would, like, rip the shit out of any box, but everything else is, like, box and put, box and put. And now you have piles of fucking pizza boxes on top that are useless, mm. useless. Like, you have 100 empty boxes of pizza, no fucking pizza delivered, no one is fucking eating, and the, the purpose of boxing was just to sedate and put it away. Um, I remember you struggling with that because... Not because you... <laughs> you just so used to boxing and unboxing it was like, well, how the fuck do I do that? Oh, I take it off, pull it back in, make it flat. How the fuck do I do <laughs> that?
1: So talk about that a little bit, man. Sure. Well, I, that's a good analogy. I, I like that a lot. I, I think a, a big part for me was when I first started this program. I mean, I've been an entrepreneur for 17 years. I've run my own business. And honestly, my whole thing, I mean, one morning at Warrior Week, I, I was, uh, this came up was, I run my own show. Nobody tells me... <laughs> what to do yeah. ever and fuck you if you try <laughs> yeah. and so getting into a program where i had to be somewhere every day at the same time had to listen to people tell me what to do i had to follow assignments and and do certain uh, tasks and instructions all of which i knew was benefiting me yeah i had just a a a, a knee jerk immediate reaction to fuck you i mean yeah. that's just it was so uh difficult for me to get into that pattern but what i learned through all of that is uh, to be a great leader, we, we also need to learn how to follow. And so to be a good leader, we need to, to, be a, to learn those skills of also being a good follower in that sense. And so uh, I, I rejected the structure of it immediately. But I think more to your point on um, boxing our feelings, boxing our, our those emotions until it, the only thing you have left is anger. And I, res- I resonate with that a lot because uh, I grew up with a lot of anger and, um, and just it comes from that ego. I mean, it comes from uh comes from that ego and i think what you mean by the analogy of the boxing is we're putting it um you just get into these patterns i do this is how i this is how i deal with it every time do it i fold it this way i put it that way i put the box up and the repetition and the repetition cu- masks the real shit that's down below
0: absolutely i mean if you if you ever delivered pizza or if you work in a fucking pizza house you know exactly what the fuck i'm talking about <laughs> uh, and if not just next time when you receive a pizza and just take away the pizza and look at the box and unbox the fucking pizza. You'll see that it unfolds and it turns out to be this flat thing that somebody had to fucking box, right? And
1: um, so what you're saying is you got to tip your pizza, boys. Yeah, you got to tip fucking <laughs> So, dude, here's the other thing. How, about much, for, you, how, how much do you tip? All right. so That's what I want to know. How much, I um, tip? how much do you tip
0: a pizza guy now? P- pizza, minimum five bucks. Oh, man. wow. Minimum. Minimum Minimum as, five as, bucks You
1: make the big bucks What can I say no, it's a, Dude I'm telling you Because like, you know about Boxing the fucking pizza
0: Boxing my pizza And the motherfucker That had to d- deliver the pizza All the way to your house Knock at your fucking door Wait until you put Your fucking <laughs> boxers on <laughs> Cause let's be let be real, man. Most of the time, you're like fucking
1: wondering in generality with your balls Some, hanging around in the house. Sometimes I don't even give them that courtesy, <laughs> or,
0: or five bucks. <laughs> but now that I know, now that I know, we're gonna do this different. Uh, so I, I got I got fucking stories, man. I, I remember there was this old lady that used to order like a ten dollar small pizza. It was always ten bucks, and for her, it was like automatic. It was twenty bucks. It was ten dollars the pizza, ten dollars the service. Nice. Then I also remember the fucking cheap bastard used to order every week. like 15 pizza and three fucking Diet Cokes and two Sprites. (laughs) You got to carry all this shit. Well, no, hold on. The dude used to live on the fourth floor, and there was no elevator in that (laughs) building. And I couldn't carry all this shit. So it was at least four trips down, right? While the fucking car is running in the snow, and the guy was programmed to tip $1. Oh, man. Just like, it was just like, it, it, it was like a principle like $1. <laughs> so you learn a lot in delivering pizza but um you learn about people. Yeah, and you also learn about like uh some people like to fucking expose themselves when they come
1: and pay you. I was <laughs> like, "What the <laughs> fuck, man?" <laughs> I don't need to see that shit. No sh- no kidding. I always say the the room service people are the it's the worst job on the planet, right? W- <laughs> what, why are you order- ordering room service in the first place? You got to walk You into- just got done and Give me, I want some food coming
0: you, up. You got you to walk into that scene. You know what I mean? It takes a lot of fucking courage. It takes a lot, a lot of courage. We should have an addition for room service people at Mori <laughs> Week because that's going to be a courageous one. <laughs> um, coming back to, to to you, brother, and um, this idea of violence, this idea of just being angry. Like, mm-hmm. um, Take us through your childhood, man, and like how you grew up and uh, what environment was that and how violence and anger was actually you know, the weapon to survive in a way, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. Well, I started out, um, I have parents are still married together. Um, they love each other, it's a healthy relationship, and I'm so proud to be able to say that because I know there's a lot of people that, that can't say that, um, and, um, they're, and they're awesome. My dad was a man's man, totally just, you know, fixed cars, built houses, did man shit all around the house. My mom was a stay-at-home mom, very traditional upbringing in that regard. Um, And so, I always looked up to my dad and wanted to be manly like him or a man, and and, uh, and so, you know, doing a lot of work, I realized a lot of the things that came for me is I never thought I could be um, man enough to be like my father or to get his approval, if you will. And so, I found other outlets uh, through violence, Mm -hmm. through sex, um, because I thought that those were the manly traits that he didn't do that I could outperform him on. If I could just be bigger, stronger, more, you know, masculine, and the more like, you know, in the in the dark ways, the dark warrior ways. Yeah. Um, and and it started out with I was uh, told my son this, this. I shared this with my son just a couple uh, days ago. In fifth grade, um, I was on the playground, and an older guy who was, mo- you know, one of the more popular guys on on campus, uh, called me Fat Matt. And man, I don't know what happened, but. Trigger happened, and I beat the dog shit out of this kid. Mm-hmm. He was in sixth grade, bigger kid. He probably worked out. I don't know. all the, Everything, in my, maybe in my imagination, is totally different. But he had some, some social status on the campus. And from that day on, it was one of those things. Uh, schoolyard fight, people crowd around, watch the fight, saw me beat the crap out of this older guy who was bigger than me, and I got respect. And so what I learned from that day was, where through violence and intimidation, I get to be respected. Mm-hmm. And that carried on through, you know, into sixth grade, into junior high and, and, and got, uh, I translated that in a positive way into football. Mm-hmm. And then when I wasn't playing football, it was uh, game on. I was like looking for fights because I got respect out of that. And so this violence um, perpetrated itself. I was like, uh, you know, I, I hate to say it, but I was, I was a fucking bully. Okay. Like, Well, you know, it was like our motto as a teenager was drink, fuck, or fight. You got it. And sometimes there probably wasn't as much fucking as there was going on the other things yeah. we wanted to do in high school, you know? <laughs> so um, uh, I got in a lot of fights. And I'll tell you, they make places for people that want to be acting like that. And mm-hmm. so, you know, getting in trouble with the law and, uh, and, and getting busted for fist fighting and, I mean, and I heard a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And so I look back on that and it was like, well, you know, the hole that I was trying to fill in me Mm -hmm. was I wanted power, I wanted respect, I wanted to be a man. Uh, And ultimately, you know, my father was able to accomplish respect and power and to be a man Mm -hmm. by doing positive things. And, And he was a great role model in that regard, but I totally rebelled from his way and tried to do it my own way mostly pro- i would say out of ego you know
0: when when you look back it, it's it's uh it's definitely something that needs to be looked at right i wouldn't say it's fucking interesting cuz it's not interesting it's it's the fact it's the truth it has to be looked at is that you got you got your dad which which represents everything that a man is supposed to be in your eye. Um, I mean, you look at it right now, and the guy's like, okay, he did manly shit, including loving his wife. That was pretty fucking manly, yep. right? So, <laughs> proof it's, is yeah, exactly. Proof is he's still with with your mom, and like he loved his wife, and he did manly shit. Took Garage, care of his kids. Took care of kids. Made the money. Inside of that, you find a different venue, and I'm not sure if it was to say. My dad didn't teach me no stuff, or or it was more of like, hey, man, something happened one day, like I, I was pulled into it. Out of that, it was the first time that I've seen praise. Right. Now I get praised if I do that. So it's like being the fucking gladiator in the medium stadium. And now you like you get into it. At the end of the day, you're a fucking slave. But now you get into it because now you're called the gladiator because all these people are fucking praising. They like to watch. And then power comes from that. Mm -hmm. Um, So praise runs most a man's life. And then the other aspects of this is purpose. Purpose was absent at that age mm-hmm. because I mean who the fuck has purpose at that age? Right. None. Uh and then so praise became became the the name of the game. And even like football, right? Even football through everything. And so, yeah, you got in trouble. You you do some shit and and you realize that you can actually turn all that into now something positive. Yeah. And I think that was when when you started switching to take this all this anger and violence and this skills and you turn it into professional fighting mma talk about that move talk about that decision and talk about the journey inside of that as a man and i don't know if you were married at that time or not but talk about like what happened in that process
1: sure and so at around 21 or 22 um and I had been just a fuck. I mean, I was a, ter- I was, I was a fucking terrorist. I was a horrible person uh, doing all kinds of crazy shit. My dad mailed me a book called the Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And honestly, the first thing, my knee-jerk reaction to that is, fuck you. I don't need, what are you willing me a self-help book for? <laughs> I don't need self-help. I'm a fucking, I'm, I'm a man. I'm a I'm badass. My ego is fucking giant. He sends me a book, and I didn't read it. But I found myself in a position where I had nothing better to do than read this fucking book. You <laughs> know what I mean? So I read the book, and it was the first time that I realized that everything up until that point was exactly what I I chose it. I designed it. I manifested it to my life. And that's a hard pill to swallow any for anybody. But the good news of, of that is that if that's true, then everything going forward is also my fault and my responsibility and my ability. I can make whatever I want to create. And so I did that. I set some goals and I, I made plans and I opened a business at age 22. Yeah. And I went through my 20s. Um, I made a lot of money. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I focused, I channeled and did all those kinds of things. I ended up getting married. Um, around age 29, I had a thriving real estate uh, development business in Los Angeles. I built multi, multi-million dollar homes for celebrities and I was doing spec development and, and you know, real estate, all kinds of great real estate. 29, is fucking 29, amazing, Shit. I thought it was fucking Midas. It was the economy's going good. and Everything I touched turned to gold. I got investors that, are, that are, you know, have their faith in me. I get married and um, literally two days before my wedding, um, I get a call from a real estate or a um, mortgage broker, a, a, l- a lender, and he says, "Hey Matt, you got to call me back right away." And I think, "Ah, oh, fuck this guy's. What's he want? More fees? More charges? What are you gonna?" I had I had a condominium development project going on at that time. Yeah, that I had just broken ground on, just taking out a loan. I forget it was four or five million dollar loan. Yeah, biggest project I'd done at that at that point in time. And they called me and they said, "Hey Matt, we're not funding the rest of your loan." Now the way construction loans works means you put all your money in first, mm-hmm. and then they match it. They, as you build, they reimburse you for the work that you've done. Okay. Okay. so I, um, long story short is I started this whole relationship off with this financial Collapse. collapse. My wedding was two days later. Um, I'm on my honeymoon searching for a new loan and I don't have any money. All I got is a hole in the ground. I already started construction and I can't find a loan. And then the next day countrywide announces that they were going insolvent. And it was the first domino that fell in the whole economic collapse. So I went from highly successful man doing all the right shit, about to get married, I want the white picket fence, and the whole you know, I want kids. I'm excited about doing all those things. To um, my whole world just starting to crumble and fall apart at that point in time, just from the business aspect. And um, I um, I didn't know what else to turn to. I didn't feel like a man as my business is collapsing. I didn't feel like I was uh, you know worthy without that piece that attachment. so
0: we're gonna stop right here because i want I want to go to that to that to that specific window because that's a pretty fucked up window. Yeah. Like we're sitting here. We're talking about it because it happened in the past. and but I, I want to emphasize, like we're gonna put a stop on that. So everything is going Matt's way, yep, right? Like th- like things have turned into positive. Production is the name of the game., yep. everything you touch in turns into gold. You meet this beautiful woman, and you're on the path. I mean, the, 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 you're, you're laying down with beautiful woman next to you and you're thinking, I want to have a family. I want to have kids and like you envision, you have a vision. Yep. Two days before the fucking wedding, you get hit with the news. Yep. So like talk to us, bro, like feeling wise. First of all, like, like I can't imagine like everything you had was gone. Like, let's talk about it. Right. Like, I mean, every, almost everything you had was gone.
1: I didn't know it at that time. Uh, two days before, you didn't know that. I mean, be- I knew I lost the loan. Okay. And, and I just thought, well, fuck it, I'll get another loan because oh, so the okay, economy so was so. But you didn't lose your money. You lost just the loan. So now I got. Okay. Yeah. So I have land, and then they're not going to fund the the project. So okay. So I just have land and no money to build anything with. So we're like, okay, fuck it, I'll go just another loan. I'll fuck go get another loan. Okay. And what I found out was it wasn't just that lender or me. It was this whole. When did you find thing. out?
0: At at the honeymoon? <laughs> yeah. I'm okay, so in. then.
1: So, I'm, so a, I'm on the phone my whole honeymoon, talking to banks, making applications for loans, trying to figure out what. Calling my lawyer, should we sue this this bank? What the fuck's going on? I, had, I had So to, the
0: stress started kicking in in the honeymoon because you kind of dismiss it by saying, oh, fuck these guys, I get another loan, let me
1: get married. The stress is that. No, the stress is real. I've got investors in this deal. I've got everything, you know, all of these things culminating. All I got at your honeymoon, at my honeymoon. Does
0: does you is your wife
1: aware of what's going on? Or you let her know? Did you let her know? What kind of, or I think I I think I let her know what was going on, but because I was busy, I was working the whole time, yeah. and um, I was trying to you know save our my ass, our which would now be our ass, our ass, and uh, and trying to figure that out. So. Uh, man, I, I was confused. I was shocked. Mid- I thought I was Midas up until that point. Everything I touched turned to gold and all of a sudden... Everything's taken away. It's going away. And so uh, it, was a, it was a slow process to realize that it wasn't just that one project, but my construction company started slowing down. My other businesses... The whole industry. Slowing. The whole industry starts... Cl- they can't, can't sell a house because nobody can get a fucking loan anymore. Like, what the fuck is going on? Next thing I know, politicians are canceling their... Their um, campaigns yeah. to come fly back to to Washington and try to fix things. If you remember, like all that went on, it was just crazy to watch this whole thing. And this enters into like 2008, and they're doing bailouts and all this stuff. And I really didn't even know what was going on. So since then, from going through that process, I mean, I've, I've made it my mission to study market cycles. But I know that's not what we're uh, specifically talking about today. When I lost all of that and when I realized I lost all of that, I um, I went back to what I knew that would give me um, respect mm-hmm. and power because mm-hmm. I felt powerless. I couldn't take care of my, my wife. We, by then, started having, uh, you know, trying to have kids in the midst of all of that, which was chaotic in and of itself. Um, and I went back to, uh, I, st- I started training at a, at a boxing gym in LA and um, started training with a guy. Um, it was i mean he he was now a champion local champion oh, shit. but i was just you know he was about my same size so i trained with him get up at five o'clock in the morning run five miles with him every morning just start i didn't have to work there was no work going on <laughs> you know i was like out of job i didn't have a job my business was shut down it was fucked. <laughs> so i started sparring with him and i have background in fighting he loved you know it was a great matchup yeah and i said "Fuck! If, if he's a professional fighter like i'm gonna go do this and so i did the um got involved in, in mixed martial arts and i'll tell you. The one thing I can say about this, um, about that, is yeah, it, you get respect, you feel powerful and all of that, but the training and the discipline is second to none because you have to have cardio, like ma- like crazy, mad cardio. So it's all about cardio uh, training. Technique is one thing, but a guy who has all the technique in the world and no cardio? Dead on the floor. Dead. Yeah. Because it, in a, in a cage fight or in any competition. The adrenaline run-up from weigh-ins 24 hours before Mm -hmm. to the next day and you've cut weight and now you're rehydrating and you're nervous and you're thinking about your opponent and your game plan and all these things. And what most guys do, or a lot of guys do who are new at the game of fighting, is the adrenaline drops. It means they got this peak adrenaline and their adrenaline hits them before the fight from nerves. So, they walk into the cage with no energy, dead, dead, already, can't fight. And they, and, and, and they just, and they lose Shit. fast. And so part of the game of being in the arena, of stepping into a cage, listening to that cage door shut is being able to control that adrenaline and knowing when that should spike. And so one of the most awesome things to harness inside of that game is the second when they close that cage door and it click clicks behind you and there's your opponent ahead of you, you don't even notice that there's a, um, you know, that there's a referee in the cage with you. There's just one man. It's the most zen experience I've ever experienced because there's thousands of people out cheering, yelling, maybe throwing shit in the crowd, and you're looking at one man, and I and I just need to get through this one obstacle, and I'm gonna get there. And, and that's all that you have on your mind, and it's that pure focus that is unmatched. It's amazing.
0: What a fucking awesome experience, man. Like, I, I haven't experienced that, but to have an audience and and uh, and really, what was uh, what was intriguing is is when you mentioned that, you know, with all these things were happening, you started feeling small as a man. Right yeah. now, you feel as small, like fuck, man, like like the world is collapsing. What you associated with the power that came through through some extent money and what you could do with that, and now it's being taken away. You go back to the original power that you felt, which was through this, but now you're an adult. You're married, so like, you got brain. So you're like, okay, I'm
1: I'm gonna figure this out. Yeah. How? So you did it really to feel powerful, really to energize Matt. It was an emotional. Uh, I needed I needed an emotional band aid, and you know, all of those. You know that that was a process. I mean, what I learned now in my and in where I'm at now. Um, first of all, we handle my company and my, my finances way differently than I did at that point in time. But the fact, you know, what you learn through time and going through those experiences is, I know now that I can feel powerful, just with me. Mm. I don't need to have, I don't need to have that fight. I don't need to step into a cage. I don't need to beat down another man. I don't need to, you know, be with different women or do all those things that at one point in time made me feel whole significant as a man. Significant. And uh, we, and once you can find that piece, um, that truth. In your heart that hey I'm enough, I can stand next to my father and be a man and be next to him and he's a ma- man he's I might mean, still look up to the man but um, but when you find that in yourself yeah it's so powerful and you know uh, it comes from re-energizing the body being balanced in business um, the f- the core four that um, that emphasizes that growth because man sure we get our power from that from physicality but we really get our power from when we know we're handling our business, yeah. right? When in the four in the core four, when you are stepping up to the plate and handling your business in every category, and just getting better. Every, you don't have to be the most fit or the most spiritual or the best, in, you know, no, but the fact that you're advancing forward at least a, a little bit each day, just getting better every day than you were the day before, makes a man feel significant.
0: So true, and part of that handling our business, right? Uh, which is the best way to put this. Like, you feel great. You feel great when you handle your business. And what's the business? Well, business is that you actually produce, make some money. You connect with God. You connect with your creator. You take care of your body. And then you nourish the relationship that you have with your kids and your wife. And so that's handling your business. Any day that you actually don't do one of those components, it kind of feels like you didn't handle your business. And so there's this shit that kicks in, which is guilt. And then it turns into shame. And eventually you do something fucking stupid because of the guilt and the and it goes in a fucking cycle and it goes and it goes and it goes and it goes and, goes and come down. back. Yeah. Um, so inside of this whole experience, man, like, you know, there there is there is one thing that fuels us as men. And uh and uh, but it's unspoken, right? People don't fucking You know, are you're an alpha, I'm an alpha, our alpha energy gets completed by the feminine charm, this this feminine power, right? Mm-hmm. Of Yin and Yang. Dude, like yep. it, there is We're a fucking puzzle, Mm -hmm. and the final component in the man's puzzle is that, like, is that female energy, bloops, plugged in there. Like a key and a key Like, like, yeah, you know what I mean? So, inside of that, talk to me when, like, in your first marriage, like, with with your ex-wife, like, when that fall into place and when did it fall off? And, like, what happened there? You know what I mean? Yeah.
1: Well, um... Gosh, that's a good question. There was um, three kids came from that marriage, and that's, I mean, the most amazing thing. They're the best. Um, How old are the kids? They're nine, eight, and my youngest will be six in two weeks. Awesome, man. She uh, she was born on my birthday, which is pretty awesome. We share a birthday. <laughs> As my sister said, Matt, you don't have a birthday anymore. <laughs> it's now Madeline's birthday. So, um, I mean, the, the kids are awesome. Um, you know, the... Um, the relationship broke down, I, w- I was training, f- I wasn't handling the other areas of my life. Mm. I was all about physicality, I was all about being a fighter, cutting weight, learning how to jujitsu, kickboxing, I and mean, we were doing 5 miles at f- uh, 5 o'clock in the morning, we were doing 3 sessions a day, jujitsu at night, we are you know going over um, just techniques, walkthroughs, sparring twice a week, getting black eyes and beat up. I wasn't taking care of my business in the other categories. Spiritually, I was fucking disaster. Mm-hmm. Financially, I was, lo- I was just losing and I had given up on the money. Fuck the money. I'm just going to fight. I'm going to be a fighter. Mm-hmm. And they don't pay. It doesn't pay. Pay shit. So um, it was all about ego and self gratification and what I'm going to get out of this. And then ultimately, you know, that process turns into um, that's not working for the relationship. And I'm not being a man at home. And um and handling that, and then we're not sleeping together anymore because mm-hmm. she's not attracted to me because I'm a fucking asshole. Yeah. And then next thing you know, it's um, we're sleeping in separate rooms. And then next thing I, I know, fuck it, if I'm not getting any at home, I'm gonna go find some somewhere else. For sure. Yeah. And so ultimately, that's um, you know that's how that downward spiral rolls. And um, you know, I'm I'm ashamed to say that that's what a, the choices that I made. But um, and I don't mean to say any of those things as excuses because I, I have to own that shit. Sure. But I do. Sure. And, um, and the worst part is someday my kids will hear that story. Yeah. And, uh, and I think that that's especially, I have two daughters, and that's yeah. the worst thing that I could, um, would ever want them to hear. Or well,
0: not. the reality is, is the following, okay? Uh, and this is mainly for your daughters if they're gonna listen to this, and then any other fucking man that is listening or watching this podcast, and that actually can resonate with the blueprint that Matt just dropped, which was, listen man, I was focusing in one area. I pretty much dropped the other areas. And then that affected my relationship with the woman that I was with. And as a result of it, we were not intimate. We didn't have sexual encounters. And as a result of it, I'm a fucking man. I got to get it somewhere. And I end up going somewhere else. And that's the truth. That's the story. So I'm going to have you consider like, bro, at that time, you just knew what you knew. And which is exactly the blueprint of the boy that you were. The blueprint of the boy was go to go to praise for power and you find your skills in fighting. Yep. And that turned into positive fighting and you fought with money now. That was taken away from you. It was like calling you Fat Matt again. Like only this time it was like broke back,
1: right? Somebody (laughs) was right, loser. That's what that's what my wife was saying. (laughs) You're a fucking loser. Go be the man. What the fuck? Take care of. So now we have three kids, and you're not making any money. What's up? Then you feel
0: like you go back to what you knew, which was. I'm going to go find power because here's what I'm going to have you consider. If you roll back during that period, it's not that you were a fucking asshole. It's not that you were a bad guy. It's that you were a guy that was trying to find the only thing that would give you power. So hopefully you use that power and fix this fucking shit because ultimately you were fighting. You were fighting for power and you wanted that power to come back. And help you build your marriage, help your kids. It wasn't that you didn't give a fuck about your wife or your kids. You were fighting for God. And perhaps I can imagine just that going into the ring. Like you would have the image of your wife and your kids with you. And that would be like one of the fucking drivers. So when you think about that, it's not like Matt was a fucking asshole. Like you were on a path and you were just following what you knew, which was I want to help my wife and my kids. But this is the only thing I know.
1: So true. Let me tell you a story. Yeah, go ahead. Thank you. You brought this up. So Mm. you're right. My wife, nine months pregnant, sitting in the front row, cage side. I'm in there. I'm fighting. I win. I run around with my victory lap, right? Yeah. What I didn't know was she went into labor during that fight. Mm. And she didn't tell me. After the fight, she let me go party and drink tequila and get fucked up and take pictures with all the, all the boys and all these all that stuff, and then um, didn't mention a word. Take drives me home at three o'clock in the morning, shit faced, drunk, in labor. Can you imagine the shit? Shit. Drives me through fucking Carl's Jr. Uh, uh, I haven't eaten because I've been cutting weight. I haven't eaten nothing in yeah, months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and and drives me through. I get you know the big uh, Carl's Jr. Uh, double Western bacon cheeseburger and I'm like fucking chowing down. And she's over here having, I don't know because I'm drunk. Sure, of course. 6.30 in the morning, she says, Matt, get up when you to go to the hospital. And I said, ar, ar. Hmm. and she comes in and, and this is the first time I think I ever heard her cuss in my whole life. She says, motherfucker, you better get up. <laughs> <laughs> and I jump up and my hang- I'm hung over and I'm beat up and my face is all fucked up and I drive her to the hospital and I, we go into the front uh, hospital where you sign in to, for the maternity ward, and the lady at the front says, "Uh, sir, this is the maternity ward. You, the emergency rooms down there." And I realize I'm all beat. I mean, I won the fight, but I was all You're beat up, up, bruised, and fucked up, and drunk, and all this stuff. Anyway, so probably some mustard from Carl's <laughs> journey on <laughs> Carl's your shirt, <laughs> right? <laughs> so uh, that was the uh, first baby was born that very next morning, Shit. and. Um, that was a, a pretty crazy story but what what brought that up was that you said you're right they were they they were right there they
0: were right there King's watching side. and and the reality is like you fight like your wife was in the f- ring with you yeah. like she could have been the type of wife that say and then it would have fucked the fight for you but she she didn't fuck your support she did me, not yeah. dude man like d- <laughs> yeah, that's huge. Yeah. That's huge, but I mean that's part of that's part of your story. That's the story is that through that I start seeing and I start growing and um, and obviously mistakes were made. Uh, mistakes were made not because the choices of Matt were. I mean, at the end of the day, you gotta own that. But it's just like there was no fucking guidance. What can I tell you? There was not. And your dad was all along there, but it's not that you were reaching out to him and
1: asking for advice for. Like, how do I deal with this life? I, I didn't have other men in my life to kick me in the dick when I needed to be kicked in the dick. And, mm-hmm. I, and I say that because that seems to be uh, the Terminology the, uh, around <laughs> here. Terminology <laughs> around here is I'm gonna <laughs> kick you in the dick. So, uh, and I needed that at the time. That's when I needed other brothers to, to lean on. And I, I felt alone and I felt that I could only, I only knew one way to go. So I, and I didn't have anybody to talk to about that because I created this isolation. I'm good in business. I'm masterful at this. I'm getting married. I have my family. I have my house. I—it's all me, me, me. This fucking ego where I can do it all on my own, and I—and we isolate when we get into that ego, and we don't accept our brothers' input.
0: And so that's that's what I wanna that's what I wanna emphasize on is like the entire model of Warrior Week and the conversational Warrior is that you're not fucking alone, and so most men don't get that. But mm-hmm. the men that get that and the man that come through the experience of warrior understand that you know you're not socially alone like you were not socially alone you were supported by a bunch of like thousands of fucking fans right. it's not a social it's not being socially alone but really operating alone and that's the definition of what you described here you knew you, the only thing you knew was to fight so and the only man that made that decision were you you assumed and you justified that by doing this you'll find your power but inside of that you've actually were operating alone you op- you operated alone no guidance Mm-hmm. and not not that guidance was coming knocking a door like you would even shut that shit down like think about it just most just most just of our lives leadership is associated to business right when you talk about leadership when you talk about it like everything is associated to business ain't nobody want to fucking hear leadership inside of being a husband or a dad it's like what the <laughs> fuck is that pussy talk man right. like are you a fucking therapist like I, 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 I don't want to sign up for a fucking therapist like most of us grew up this way right. it's like I got my shit like you know I got my character. I got my identity. I'm going to handle my woman. I got it. I got this handled. Right. I got this handled. And I'm, if I don't, I don't want anybody to see that I don't. And and, and there is no, like, I'm not going to tell you about my personal life. Yeah. And so a lot of guys, like, right, right now hearing this thing is like, dude, these guys are pretty open. They're talking about this shit, but I'm kind of not in a place where I actually have a place to open up. And I get it because no one is opening up around you. I was in that place for fucking 37 years that... I couldn't open up to my cousin about certain things, in fact, I wouldn't even tell him things because I was afraid that one day he would use this as fucking Intel and
1: data to fuck me over right like anybody i I had that suspicion when i when I got into work <laughs> <laughs> that that was part of that uh, the early uh, 30 day early resistance like, oh, what are they gonna do with me? what are they gonna do with this <laughs> yeah what I'm, not, is- I'm not telling them this shit <laughs> oh, you want it on video too <laughs> oh fuck. At your yeah mind. so um.
0: You you go through that difficult time because yep. I'm sure it wasn't easy. Uh, but also it was, dude. Like it was like I remember you sharing some of this shit. It's like, it w- it was an emotional separation for you, man. It wasn't like okay, you know, you know, thank you very much for nine years of whatever. To shake my hand. It was like, fuck, man. You know, I it's like I had to almost separate with, like I had to separate with love. You know
1: what I mean? And that fucking hurts. Yeah. So talk about that, man. I mean, ultimately, um, just taking ownership. One of the things I was lucky to learn early on was onor- taking ownership in life. Mm. On wh- whatever whatever you bring into your life is because you you have to own it because you brought it. Sure. And so I had that piece of the puzzle kind of wired up, and then taking on that responsibility that I fucked up uh, a marriage because I wanted to have a marriage like my parents. Sure. More importantly, I have two little girls and uh, and, a, and a and a young boy. Um, who, you know, now are not in an intact home and that still uh, pains me. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so, you know, that's the, th- it was an emotional breakup. It was, uh, I, I realized that I fucked up and that, and that I caused this. And I can, bl- you know, I can come up with nine things and blame and say that she did this and all these things, but at the end of the day, I fucked it up. And, um, and there are three little people and a broken woman because of my fuck up, mm-hmm. and um, and you know that's that is an emotional pill, pill to swallow. Like how do you? Uh, that's fucked up. You know, I've
0: I've told you this I think a couple of times, and I'm gonna tell it here because this is how we operate. It's the you know parables from the fucking pit, and we are in a goddamn fucking pit. Because that place that you described to me, it was painful, and I and you describing it right now, I can still feel the pain. So my heart tells me to tell you once again. I don't know what the fuck it is. I'm I'm not someone that can see in the future, but but I see everyone in the same household one day. Call me an asshole. Call me like what? But I have a feeling that that there is there is a reunion that is coming up, and uh, I'm just my heart is telling
1: me to stay that. And I've told you this before. Um, you did. In Warrior Week, you said, "Is there, uh, is there? You know, is that something that you should pursue?" And um, and I said then I said. Absolutely not. I have I have a new relationship. Sure. It's a it's a beautiful relationship, and I'm and I'm committed to this. And uh, maybe that intact home will include her sure. uh, uh, one day, which is which is um, which is the conversation that we had yeah. at that time. So I, I definitely I appreciate that uh, coming from you. And uh, you know one of the one of the processes that we go through in all of this Warrior Week and and through the Brotherhood is reframing yeah. these. What things. do we know? Reframing what we know and what we feel. What if the story was different? What
0: if the story was different? And what if it wasn't a story of hero or sacrifice? Oh, I brought the kids in. What if it was just a story of like, I follow what my heart told me? What if it was the goddamn fucking truth that Mm -hmm. liberated everyone? Um, And it's a process. It's a process of inquiry, man, because it's going to ask, it's going to take you on continuously inquiring about. What do you fucking want? What do you want? This motherfucking question never stops. Mm. Never stops. It's like there's no arrival at what we want. There's always constantly, what do I want? And there is a path towards what we want, and we take steps for that. So, uh, dude, talk about your kids nowadays. Uh, How do they see that coming in after Warrior? Because we're going to go back and talk about the pit a little bit, but I just want to browse over, like, how did kids see you today? How did they see you different than when you came into this whole awareness experience? Because all this was was awareness, and you recognized already what you already knew, you know. And you learned some stuff—that's good—and you applied it. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, it's just an awareness and a remembered process.
1: Yeah. Well, a big, I mean, a big thing in this in this whole game that we play inside of Warrior is the accountability and the brotherhood. Yeah. So That—that's the most powerful part of it's It really is. I mean, it's it's that network. It's that it's that brotherhood of accountability. Um, but I'll tell you, I mean, I had some pretty major life, drastic changes came out of this. Mm-hmm. I um, just before um, before I went to Warrior Week, um, before I met you and yep. Garrett, I um, I used to live in, in the northern part of uh, uh, Los Angeles County, and uh, which is where my my mom and dad live, where I grew up. My uh, ex wife and my three kids all live there. And I, wanted, I have a build, big, big building project going on sure. down here in uh, Newport Harbor. Got an sure. oceanfront property, doing a $10 million construction project. Um, that I bought this lot a couple of years ago and sure. been designing it. My heart's in it. And I got this uh, beautiful woman uh, that I'm in a great relationship with. And we decide we're going to move down to Laguna Beach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we get this house with this amazing ocean view. And it's like paradise. I and mean, there's no more beautiful place than... Uh, Laguna Beach is probably one of the most beautiful places on the planet. Yes. And I have this awesome house where I can see Catalina and uh, San Clemente Island from my bed <laughs> every morning when I wake up. Like, it's insane, right? The other day I woke up and I saw a pod of whales just cruising down the shore. I was like, wow, man, this is fucking awesome. <laughs> I, before I moved, I had made an agreement with my ex-wife that she was going to move down. We looked at, showed her some houses in Irvine. I showed her some houses in, in Orange County. And um, she decided that she wasn 't going to move, and she actually bought a, a new house in Sa- in the Santa Clarita two Oh, hours in no- north area right okay two hours north of here and so I said, all right well i 'm already committed i 'm moving down here we 're going to build life I moved my office down here. we've got sure. this project going on all these things and um I was commute. Uh, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna suffer through it. I'm gonna drive two hours each way to pick up the kids on the weekend and bring them back down here. It's not really two hours of the fucking driving. It's six. <laughs> exactly. Let's just yeah, be for it, real. Let's talk LA traffic, son. It was so bad. I literally looked into <laughs> how much it would cost to rent a helicopter.
0: Sometimes. Hey, remember mm-hmm. that fucking movie with uh, uh, Michael Douglas when he goes fucking nuts because he's stuck in the traffic. <laughs> yeah, And he goes to this fucking convenience store and beat the shit out of the Korean
1: <laughs> guy. <laughs> Breaking down is the name of it. That, that is one. true feeling, <laughs> son. That is true. Uh, so I went through that. I did this for the last nine months. And um, and then things started getting a little bit uh, in, in my relationship with uh, Jenny. Mm-hmm. She was spending more time in Chicago, which is where she's from. She has a business there and less time here in Laguna. And so mm-hmm. I'd wake up on these days and say, I'm in the most beautiful fucking place on the planet. Mm-hmm. I've got an amazing ocean view. I've got everything going for me on paper. But it doesn't mean shit when the people you love are not with you. <laughs> and the three children who I love with all of my heart are hours away. I can't just go swing by, pick them up for lunch or, or take them to practice. I can't just, you know, help them with their homework. That one touch day. is not
0: there on demand.
1: And, uh, and then, I mean, it just it really weighed on me. Uh, it, was, it was a little bit, I thought I could handle it when my woman was there all the time. And sure. then when she was not there, it really became apparent that I'm alone <laughs> in this awesome place. But fuck this awesome place. It doesn't matter where I am. It matters who's with you. Yeah. And that's what real wealth is. And I think we talk about that in Warrior Wealth, um, where real wealth is who you become and what, and what are those assets? What are those treasures that we have? And, and who am I going to be when my nine year old become my nine year old daughter, who's gorgeous and acts like she's 16 already becomes 16 Mm. and her daddy lives so far away that I would never meet the guy that she might want to take her on a date or treats her bad or anything like, like I need to, I need to be there in their life. And so I, I learned a really important lesson. And that, a lot of that just came from, um, feeling what I felt at that time, but also being in the Warrior program and uh, going through Warrior Week, you know, your why, figuring out what is your why. My why is not an ocean fucking view. Do I want one? Yeah, but that's not why. That's not my fucking purpose. And, uh, and, and, you know, so there's a sacrifice. I'm literally moving from Laguna Beach back to Santa Clarita um, in two weeks. Good shit, man and um, it feels like the most right thing I've, I've done in a long time. Yeah, long and you time. bring your ass here for the business when you have to. I get, I'll take the drive when I need to. Y- you just fucking switch
0: the priorities. Yep. And you flip the script because you, you always knew that your family is the number one thing for you. But in our patterns and, 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 and um, the way we operate, especially when it comes to business, we tend to, we tend to like cross over and justify the fact that, hey, man, this is somehow like I'm going to I'm going to fucking I'm going to do the fucking work and I'm going to fucking drive. Right. Or I'm going to do the work and I'm going to make sure. So we we justify yeah. that's all you did. Like nine months ago, it was just a justification. Um, if it was meant to be for her to be down here, everybody would have been down here. You've been down here. Uh, but it wasn't. And yeah. And the lesson out of it is that you this idea of prioritizing. Who we are with changes everything. Yeah, like just our parents, are like your parents. You're back next to your parents. Yeah. Um. You know, like your dude. Like you keep talking about your dad, and there's this this sense of admiration that is also taking place. Like you want to spend a little bit more time with your dad.
1: He has. <laughs> um, he was diagnosed with stage four cancer just mm-hmm. uh, two years ago, and um, honestly, I didn't. I didn't no, there was no expect, expectation sure. of how long he would have so being here now is just awesome and he's f- such a fucking man about it never complains never makes it a burden on my mom just i mean just ha- handles his uh his his illness um with such grace uh, it's really just a beautiful he's a, just a beautiful human um and i and i and here i am also that's another layer of this like mm. and now i'm down here um Hours drive from him and, yeah. and my mom and yeah. w- you know God forbid um, something happens and my mom's not not as uh, alone and where the fuck am I? Yeah. So um, you know I th- uh, there's different stories we can have on all different sides of, of of these things and some people's story might be well you just need to do what is right for you and you need sure to for what's sure. right for you and and maybe living in Laguna Beach or Florida or where the fuck you want to go is, is your choice and all these things but. And that's true, but I know what's right for me, in my heart, when I sit down and things are quiet and I listen to the voice, that what's right for me is to be there with the people that I love, and that's most important.
0: Yeah, and and the reality is, it all comes down to handling your business, like you said. Like You're handling business now, because you're there for the kids. You're handling business because you drive to business and you make sure you make it happen. You're handling business because, like you said, now you can sit down and actually listen to the voice. Which was a huge piece of this, right? Back in the days, the chaos was, just, was, was robbing away this direct connection. And anything else would be seen through what you see in others. Oh, this guy goes to church. He's a nice guy. He must be a nice guy. And all that is, is it's just a fucking fantasy because you're not in it. It's not your reality. The reality is there's a direct connection with you mm-hmm. and the conversation that you have. And and now the voice says go back there because yep. the, voice, the voice wants you to spend time with your dad. Like, here's a wisdom of knowledge, and and you haven't even tapped into that shit. Right. You know? And then the voice wants you to spend time with your kids on demand. Not that, you know, dedicated time you won't be there, but on demand. Right? Maybe there's days that, hey, can you just pick them up because I got, you know, I got something going on. My fucking pleasure. Yep. Um, So, Warrior Week and the experience totally flipped the script for Matt. And like I said, I keep saying it again it recognized what what you cared about
1: yeah
0: it recognized the unspoken like all along all i wanted was a family and my kids but i acted like a goddamn fucking animal from time to time Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) so i'm glad that i'm glad that there are other fucking animals out there i don't feel alone Mm -hmm. i i i i feel that i'm recognized and i feel that moving forward i operate by this thing that i learned which is the truth so talk to me a little bit about that man like you know, we, we, we push for that, right? So how does that come into play with your relationship with your kids? How does that come into play with your conversation in business? How is, the, how, how is everything different, you know, in your industry, in your world, now when you operate by one single fucking lure, which is just tell the fucking truth?
1: Yeah. Well, that, I mean, that's that's a huge, a huge component of it. Uh, and part of that truth is sharing what you learn. Yeah. And so yep. I have a, a group of... Um, I teach real estate. I'm going to be speaking at a, a huge event in Toronto in a couple weeks. Uh, it's done a shared stage with Tony Robbins and a couple, uh, end of this year, I'm, I get to do a Sarah stage with Grant Cardone. Like mm. I feel really empowered and all this stuff. It's really fun and an honor. And inside of all that, I have several hundred people that, I pay me for coaching in real estate. I teach them how to buy, up. I teach how to buy apartment buildings and, and we have a, an equity fund and we buy apartment buildings and, and, I, and, and we build a team. And I always say real estate's a team sport, but really life's a team sport when it comes down to it. Like, no, there's no man that could does it on his own. There's no fucking island. You're, there's no lone fucking ranger who handles all his business on his own. Like we need to stand independently, but we also are stronger when we're interdependent. Right, iron sharpens iron. When I hold my brother accountable and he holds me accountable, we are stronger together. When we do that for each other, but um, so I started teaching this to my, you know, to my own tribe, and the impact that it's made, just in my relationships inside of my company, mm-hmm. inside of my empo- with my employees, uh, inside of the relationships I have with my my coaching students, my deal makers. Um, and, and, I, and I see them evolve and see how this is, these truths that we've come to recognize. And, and again, it's, it's something like, like I said earlier, it's, it's all of this is something we know is true because when truth finds us or when truth is presented to us, we know it's true because we already had it. Yeah. Right? But the, what this does is puts a system together and a brotherhood around it yes and that's really what all the magic is of of warrior and um and so you know being able to utilize that being able to lean on uh, other men um is uh it, it's powerful here's the reality
0: not having that will lead all of us including myself to the pl- same fucking place that we crawl back from which is this place that we are comfortable with lies if we don't have a venue to teach what we live every day Then we'll go back being the same fucking liars that we were. Mm -hmm. And if we don't teach what we live and we teach from a place of not living it, then we're totally out of integrity and it's just a matter of
1: time that we're going to be fucking exposed teaching is the accountability yeah. like if i have to go teach this to you i better fucking do it yeah because then, then who the fu- who am i if i'm teaching you this and then i'm over here doing it wrong or doing it different so, so here's the difference and, and i still struggle with that because i you know i'm not perfect every of day and all this stuff and i'm teaching and i'm going fuck. I sh- I but you live the way yeah
0: and the way is not a way of perfection the way is like hey man i'm, I'm committed to doing the work i'm committed to handling my business i love the way you put it like like listen Okay, I'm going to handle my business. All right, what is your business? My business is four things. My family, God, my body, and my business. Mm -hmm. Am I fucking clear? Yeah, I think you're pretty fluid. That's business. And it's not I'm going to handle my business, which is usually either I'm going to handle my wife or either I'm going to handle my work. It's, it's, It's linked in our mind traditionally to one thing. Yeah right? Not multiple things. And so now it's it has this idea of multiple things. And here's the difference, bro, like of you going on these stages, right? This 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 opportunity in Toronto, sharing stage with a bunch of other guys. Here's the difference between you on that stage and many other guys that continue to be on the fucking stages is that You actually teach from a place of living. So the power that's gonna transcend in your teaching, or whatever the fuck you're teaching, it may be in your line of your line of work and your subject matter expertise, it's embedded in your flow, your experience and your energy and your ability to be vulnerable and not hold back. And said, bro, let me tell you a fucking story. I used to use violence to find power. Then I went to money. Now it's, now I, I use my family. That's how I found power. Mm. And so that's, that's I, I mean, that becomes a teaching point inside of whatever you teach. But that has impact because education that is backed up by experience now has impact. Dude, you've been to all these conferences. Guy goes on a stage. He's dressed really well, he speaks really well, he articulates really well, he's a good fucking presenter. Mm -hmm. He has the best PowerPoint presentation, he has like, dude, this guy's fucking solid. You come out, you don't think this guy is an asshole, he thinks he was a pretty good guy. Two weeks later, this guy has no fucking impact on your life. No (laughs) goddamn, and yet, on the other side, you find out yourself in a situation when things are pretty fucked up, let's say at the first hour of worry week, and then you get the biggest lessons of your life, and there's an impact that you carry up to now. We're not gonna tell the details, but you know, in I'm talking about (laughs) but there is there is impact in education that is backed up by experience and Mm -hmm. that's what you're doing inside of your tribe
1: yeah
0: it's hey man it's like you talk about your decisions today I had to make a fucking decision that I had to move back I have to give up what I've built for myself here because that's my priority when you share that people connect to that
1: yeah does that make sense yeah absolutely Authenticity is uh, is magnetic for sure, and, and and when you can be authentic and when you stop telling fucking lies all the time, <laughs> you don't tolerate <laughs> them anymore. Juan you, you don't tolerate them anymore. True, that's a very good point. Well, that's not what I was going to say, but that's <laughs> fucking, that's real truth right there. Um, but you know, it's it's um, <laughs> it, it, you're in a different game when you when you are tr- truly authentic about those kinds of things. Dude, I'm excited. I'm excited for you to see
0: yourself on these opportunities. Like the 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 presentation in Toronto and even with Gordon, you tell the motherfucker he needs to come to Worry Week. Say Sam said you need to come to Worry <laughs> Week. Uh, but that opportunity, Grant Cardone, yeah, right, Cardone yeah, yeah, with Tenix, yeah. dude, yeah, then tell, tell i have a hat for him. It's Warrior Tenex, because <laughs> um, he he said that he at one point he's gonna he's gonna come, but I Did don't he? know what the yeah.
1: Sam, Sam's the man. maker listen, man, you 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 <laughs> made a statement
0: on Instagram Live that you're a fucking warrior. Let's see it, Grant Cardone. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Call it out. <laughs> but uh, you know those are great opportunities, and inside of that game, like. I'm excited for you to see this mat, the, 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 the Matt on the stage, the man on the stage, right? From what, how, and what you're gonna deliver. It's no longer about the fucking content, bro. Yeah. It's no longer about that. It's about the context you're in, which is your life right now. Yep. Does that make sense? Absolutely. So, hey man, um, final words to our audience, man, as we, as we wrap this uh, amazing podcast. Well, bring us back to the ring. Bring us like lessons from the ring because <laughs> what you said there was fucking like, bring us back to the
1: fucking ring. You know, if we could all take that, that Zen-like focus um, that, that I experienced there and when you, can, when you can channel that and be crystal clear and focused on one mission, There's a funny movie called um, City Slickers. You ever seen that movie? Yeah, yeah. And he looks at, you know, (laughs) Billy Crystal's the character, and he looks at the guy, the big fucking giant cowboy, John Wayne motherfucker, and he goes, what's the secret to life, Curly? (laughs) Curly's the cowboy, and cowboy looks at him and says, it's this. (laughs) And he goes, what do you mean this? One finger? What do you mean? He says, no, it's one thing. When you figure out what your one thing is, Hmm. everything is crystal clear. When you figure out what your purpose is and what your mission is, and there's just, you can close the cage doors behind you. And the crowd melts away. And it doesn't matter if they're screaming for you or it against you. It doesn't matter that there's a referee w- standing there waiting to, to see if somebody does something wrong. You are crystal clear on your mission. And there's only one thing, one thing that you need to go after. And it makes everything so much less, not even less, it just goes, it's just disappears. To wait. And, and when we can operate with that kind of clarity, it's a uh, it's a beautiful thing, man.
0: Dude, I'm, uh, you know, coming in like that. Coming in from a place of experience, being in that ring and having that ring closed down and having the audience disappear, having the fucking riff feeder disappear, and your mission becomes like coming in from that. That is such a powerful way to put into place and perspective in everything that you do, like just like going back to california north california that became the one thing suddenly everything melts away the house in the newport newport melts away the fucking whales that were swimming in the ocean uh the the, the businessman like everything the lifestyle down here everything melts away and boom that happens yeah good fucking thing so um if you're a man and you're listening to the boss cat and you're still continuing to listen to this podcast that means you got something from this If you have left this podcast halfway back and you just joined in now, fuck off. But if you are the guy that actually stayed for this hour with us and you've got something from the life experience of Matt and sharing the stories of pizza to the fights in the ring and all the way to the whales swimming in here in Southern California, if there's anything that impacted you go ahead and forward this to another man. I mean, it's your duty to pay it forward. And if you want to learn more about these podcasts, you can find them at warriorweeknow.com. There'll be audio versions, video version. There's also the text version. And as well as you can Google, um, in Google Play, and as well as in iTunes, you can search for Warrior Week and you can subscribe to those podcasts. Matt, thank you for being with us on this call. This was an awesome call, man.
1: Thank you, brother. Good shit.
0: All right, fellas. Have yourself a fantastic afternoon.